0: What is up, my friends, and welcome to a playoff game day episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren, and I'm your host of this daily Boston Bruins podcast, where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. For those of you who may be new to the podcast, I'm a former contributor to SB Nation, And a former hockey news editor at The Score, one of North America's top sports mobile apps. And now proud to be bringing you this Daily Bruins podcast as we gear up for, uh, you know, something that I wasn't sure was going to happen this year. And that is actual playoff hockey. 2020 has been, I don't even know what to say, but crazy is one word to describe it and the fact that we have playoff hockey beginning on August 11th uh, is pretty nuts but uh, the NHL has successfully pulled off so far the bubble hockey model Uh, zero positive COVID-19 tests uh, so far and now the puck is set to drop on actual playoff hockey and our Boston Bruins are set to begin Tonight, Tuesday, August 11th, 8 p.m. Eastern, taking on the Carolina Hurricanes in a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Final. The Bruins, of course, enter as both President's Trophy winners and the four-seed in the Eastern Conference, the first because of a dominant regular season where they were the only NHL team to amass 100 points, the latter due to... Uh, going winless through the round robin portion of the NHL's return to play plan. Still, Hurricanes coach Rob Bridmore said the Bruins are one of the best teams for a reason. There's no weaknesses. They proved it again all this year. And he is looking forward to having a chance for his star laden roster to. Uh, have another go at last year's Eastern Conference champions. For his part, Bruins coach Bruce Cassidy said that he appreciated the kind words from Rod Brindamore. They always like to be thought of in that regard around the league. But to be honest, he added, they're not too focused on anything good or bad being said about them at this moment, trying to get their game in order. Coach said he feels they've made steps each night in the round robin so far. And, uh, you know, we're going to see what this team is truly made of here on Tuesday as the games begin to matter. You know, on Monday, Brad Mershan and Zdeno Chara addressed uh, the media via Zoom. And Brad Mershan basically said the way they viewed the round-robin games is that they were glorified preseason games. You know, they mattered in terms of the standings. Ultimately, to decide the seeding, but for them, they were more of a tune-up and didn't carry that much weight. You have to win in the playoffs, and that's when uh, you know they hope to get their game faces on in reality and really uh, show themselves to be who we believe they are or can be, and who they were in the regular season. In terms of the rematch from last year. The Bruins swept the Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Final. Cassidy said last year is last year, but there are a lot of the same faces on the Hurricanes as last year. They're a year older, a year more experienced, a year better in theory, and it's going to be the Bruins' goal to keep them to the outside. Uh, He felt that they were able to counter Carolina's puck pressure with good support, good execution, and good decision-making, and that's... When they were at their best in that series, uh, he said, "I don't think they've changed a lot there. It comes down to making the right plays at the right time against their offensive pressure, winning battles on the walls, winning foot races to loose pucks in the neutral zone, and battling it out um, against yeah a young and talented team that features some, you know, arguably already superstars in the likes of Sebastian Aho." Andrei Svechnikov, Tevo Taravainen, and some veteran players like Jordan Stahl, Justin Williams, as well as a very talented defense core. Chara said he expects that, uh, you know, just as the intensity ramped up with each round-robin game, that it's going to be ramped up another notch Tuesday night Uh, He said, just like moving from regular season to playoffs, it's a little faster, a little bit tighter, a little less room, more battles, more willingness to do that extra step. All these little things, it's going to be the same as any other playoff year or playoff series. Now, I know a lot of people are questioning whether or not the Bruins can just turn it on and get going against the Carolina Hurricanes, who were, uh, you know, arguably dominant against the New York Rangers in the qualifying round. But again, this is a very veteran team. They have so much experience and know what it takes to succeed in the playoffs. Uh, Brad Marchand admitted there was some rust that he was shaking off personally, that his hands hadn't perhaps caught up to his legs quite yet. Um, But, um, you know, he said, we know that they're a good team. They're playing very well right now. Some of their young stars are really feeling it. They're dangerous. We have to be prepared for that. But at the same time, they're just trying to build internally, continue to grow their game. And that's how they've had success in the play, in the past, I should say. Cassidy said the top line of Aho, Teravadin, and Svechnikov reminds him of when Bergeron's line is going, they can turn away from pressure. They don't need a lot of time to find each other. They seem to have that sixth sense on the ice of being exactly where they need to be or where their linemates know they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be a handful just like our guys are when they're going, Coach said. You have to limit their touches, close on them quickly when you can, do damage control by not giving them easy chances off the rush. Another challenge is that they have a very active blue line. They like to get involved. A lot of action from back there, coach said, but uh, they have to make sure the Bruins are fronting pucks, blocking shots, doing all the little things necessary, and then getting under sticks as pucks get by our first layer. That'll be a challenge for us, and we need to be up to it. Now, speaking of their defense, Kane's head coach, Rob Brindamore said he's hopeful that Dougie Hamilton will be ready to start the series by far. Well, not by far, but definitely one of their best defensemen. He's a former Bruin, as we all know, suffered a broken leg in January. And, um, you know, because of the pause, he has had time to heal and that has given him an opportunity to return here because we're playing hockey in August. Now, um, You know, it's not guaranteed that he'll be ready to go for Game One, but he could play at some point in the series, and that would just give uh, his blue line that much more uh, potency, if you will. Uh, We're not quite sure who the starting goalie will be, but uh, both Mrazek, Peter Mrazek, and James Reimer could see time during the season. Now, the Bruins and Hurricanes met only once during the regular season—a 2-0 victory for our Bruins. The Bruins have won 4 of 5 previous series against the Hurricanes, including, you know, going back to the Whalers days, and of course, the last meeting was 2019 where the Bruins swept these Hurricanes. A key for the Bruins will be their power play, which was really good last year against Carolina, and um, that's going to be an X factor in this series, I really believe. And if they can replicate their success against Carolina, then obviously that bodes well. They didn't have a lot of success in the round robin. Their power play wasn't really clicking. And they only had the one game with the full lineup. So it's kind of hard to to say what uh, they'll be able to do with the man advantage. But, you know, all that to say, these are two very... Talented teams, Uh, the Hurricanes certainly look like a team that has the ability to make a run in the Eastern Conference. We all know they went to the Eastern Conference final last year and um, they rolled over the Rangers in impressive fashion. The Bruins, you know, were, what's the best way to say it, a bit laissez-faire in their round robin. And, uh, you know, have to show tonight in Game 1 that they can turn it on when the games actually matter most. I should note that in practice on Monday for the Bruins, they were were without a couple key pieces. Uh, David Pasternak and Tuka Rask were given, uh, quote-unquote, maintenance days. But the belief is that they will both be ready to go for Game 1 here on Tuesday night. And we should see a lineup similar to what we saw against the Capitals on Sunday with one change being uh, Matt Grizzlick in for Connor Clifton joining Jeremy Lozon on that bottom deep pair. Now with all that said, let's move into a prediction for this series as well as the other first-round matchups around the NHL. Now as far as predictions go, this is a Boston Bruins podcast. I will try to be as objective as possible. But while I think the Hurricanes certainly can beat the Bruins, especially if Boston continues to play as they did in the round robin, I don't see any reason why the Bruins can't beat the Hurricanes this time around once again. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be a sweep, but I believe the Bruins uh, will beat the Carolina Hurricanes in six games. Now, if you go by uh, Dom LeCission of The Athletic, he has the Bruins' odds of winning or probability at 64.6%. And, again, that's taking into account um, their opening round struggles as well as the fact that The Hurricanes are improved over last season. But these Bruins remain a formidable foe. As Dom writes, he said, It's hard to find many weaknesses in the profile of either team heading into this contest. Boston is arguably the NHL's most impressive defensive team, owning a league-leading 1.98 expected goals and 1.88 actual goals against straight. The Bruins excel at preventing their opposition from creating clean entries and they're outstanding at forcing teams to the outside. Their opponents struggle to string zone time together, and when they do get possession, it's nearly impossible to get to the inside. That's a big credit to not only the ability of Boston's blue line, but also the full 200-foot commitment that the forwards show. There's clearly a defense-first mindset preached by head coach Bruce Cassidy. He also writes, while they certainly haven't looked the part in the round robin, the Bruins are still the team that won the President's Trophy this season and their roster should be feared as a result. That obviously starts with the top line, which is the best in hockey. While they had just a single point to show for it in the round robin, Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand still managed to dominate opposing teams as expected on the shot clock, posting a 74% expected goals rate. That line will really need to step up if the Bruins are going to advance. Uh, But the second line of Jake DeBrusque, David Krejci, Andre Kasha will also need to make contributions. The fact that the Bruins can deploy Charlie Coyle on the third line is a huge bonus and he'll also need to step up as he did in the playoffs last year. Now the bottom line, according to Dom Decision, Says there's seemingly a big difference between these two rosters, but after a lengthy layoff, what's on paper here may not matter. Carolina rolled through the qualifying round looking dominant, while the Bruins stumbled, looking like a shade of the team that won the President's Trophy. With that information fresh in most of our brains, it's easy to see Carolina pulling off the quote-unquote upset, especially if Hamilton is back in action. This is a better version of the team that got swept last summer against these very Bruins, and they've learned a lot since. But it's crucial not to get carried away with the three games of hockey after a long layoff, not when Carolinas came against a weak Rangers team in a high-intensity environment, while the Bruins essentially slept through some preseason hockey against the best teams in the East. The series will be very different for Boston because this series is for real. The regular season was a long time ago, but that doesn't diminish what the Bruins showed then, that they were the league's best team. They have the talent on paper to prove it here, but Carolina won't be an easy out by any means either. I really do agree with his assessment there, and I would say that, Um, yeah, the Hurricanes certainly have a chance to beat the Bruins here, but again, I'm picking the Bruins in six um, because of a couple factors. A, Suka Rask, Annette, Vesna Trophy candidate, Conn Smythe candidate last year. Uh, he should be fresh and ready to go, and he looked uh, like one of the Bruins' best players in the round robin. I think the Bruins' top line can outmatch Carolina's top line. And with all the talk of superstars being eliminated from the postseason with, you know, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl. David Pasternak is still there. He was tied for the league-leading goals, tied for third in total points. He is a bona fide superstar and has the ability to take over a game here and there. My power just flickered for some reason. And um, we're back. I believe Boston's defensive structure can outlast Carolina's attack as well. Um, Bruce Cassidy has... Implemented a system that's very effective at all areas of the ice. And while Rob Brindamore is a great head coach, I think Cassidy has an advantage there with the veteran players in tow that have bought into what he's selling. So all that together, I'm taking the Bruins in six. In terms of the other series, I haven't really thought too much about it, but let's uh, take a stab at... Some predictions here. We'll begin with Philadelphia and Montreal. Philadelphia, I think, uh, will take care of the Canadians pretty quickly here. I'm going to go five games for the Flyers. Admirable effort for the Canadians against the Penguins, but uh, this Flyers team seems to be uh, pretty talented and on another level at the moment, and I can see them coming out of the East, uh, actually. Tampa Bay, Columbus, a lot of this depends on whether Victor Hedman and Steven Stamkos are healthy for the Lightning. Uh, We saw what the Blue Jackets did to the Lightning last year. We saw what they were able to do to the Maple Leafs. I think the Lightning are better than the Maple Leafs, and um, I'm still going to go with Tampa in this one, although I think it could go the distance. So I'll go Tampa in seven. So Phil Hyers in five, Tampa in seven. And for the next series, I think I'm going to go with the upset. I've said I'm not that high on the Islanders, uh, but they always seem to be able to get the job done. Uh, Barry Trotz will have some added momentum, not momentum, motivation here, um, you know, going up against a team that he won the cup with. And I think the Islanders will be able to shut down whatever the uh, Capitals throw at them. Uh, my power just flickered again. Got some uh weather events going on, I guess, outside. So yeah, I'm going to go Flyers, Lightning. Flyers in five, Lightning in seven, Islanders in, let's say, six, Bruins in six. And that would set up a Bruins-Lightning second round and a Flyers-Islanders second round. Not ideal for the Bruins. Because they got the four seed, it would be nice to get a couple upsets so that they, you know, enter the next round playing either the Islanders. Yeah, playing the Islanders, I guess, or the Capitals, I suppose, would be all right as well. But that would mean the Blue Jackets would have to beat the Lightning. Out West, I'm going to go Vegas over Chicago. I think Vegas could very easily come out of the Western Conference. Uh Chicago. Yeah, impressive win over the Oilers, but it was the Oilers and uh, Vegas is just much better. So I'm going to go Vegas in six there. Colorado, Arizona, I'm going to have to go with Colorado in that one as well. Uh, They and the Knights, I believe, are the class of the Western Conference at the moment. And uh, Arizona just doesn't quite have um, what it takes to to match up with this team. So I'm going to go Colorado in six. Dallas versus Calgary. This is a tough one because the Stars have not looked good, you know, dating back to the regular season. Uh, there's questions about Tyler Sagan and Ben Bishop. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is a really tough one. Probably the hardest of all the series. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Calgary Flames. Calgary and seven. St. Louis, Vancouver. You know what? Screw the Blues. I'm going to pick the the Canucks. Canucks in six. So there you go. My completely, uh, you know, off the cuff Stanley Cup playoff first round predictions. Please do not wager any money on these because I'm not at all confident in them and uh, predictions are a bit of a fool's errand, but it's pretty fun to do. Let's finish off with some news and notes around the NHL. And the big news on Monday was that the New York Rangers secured the number one pick in the 2020 NHL draft after winning the second phase of the NHL draft lottery. They were one of eight teams, a limit from the Stanley cup qualifiers who had a 12.5% chance of winning the number one pick. And they will now have the opportunity to select Alexis Lafreniere whenever the draft is sometime in October, I believe. Now, Gary Bettman prior to the draw made an interesting comment saying the teams that are participating tonight didn't succeed in the qualifying round for the playoffs, which under a normal year would have been the equivalent of not making the playoffs and they would have been eligible for the lottery. So that means that while the qualifying round stats accumulate as playoff stats, it wasn't actually a playoff round or you can't Consider those teams to be playoff teams unless you made the final round of 16, which is interesting. He said, under these unusual circumstances, this made the most sense and was fair despite who you root for and what result it ultimately obtains. The Rangers finished 18th in the NHL standings, the first team to finish that high and have the number one pick since 1994 when the Florida Panthers finished 16th. They're also the first team to participate in the quote-unquote postseason and have the number one pick since the 1983 NHL Draft where the Minnesota North Stars got the top pick. Anytime you can pick first, especially this year, it's a special year. We all know that, according to Rangers GM Jeff Gorton, formerly of our Boston Bruins. It was tough up in the bubble. Those three games, Carolina gave it to us pretty good but surely excited to have this happen to us tonight. The draft is scheduled for October 9th and 10th. Uh, It was supposed to be in Montreal, but um, looks like it might just be, I don't know how they're going to do it via Zoom, I suppose. Lafreniere said it's really good news. The Rangers are an unreal team with really good players. Really nice city. So for sure, it's really good news. And I'm really happy. A lot of reallys in there. Uh, I would have preferred that he went to the Western Conference, but I'm glad he's not in the Atlantic Division at least. The Rangers, I think, are going to be yeah, an exceptional team uh, in the not-too-distant future. One other thing I wanted to mention comes from the Providence Bruins uh, this morning. They have announced that they have set up a fund, scratch that, an award in memory of Colby cave and in partnership with the cave family and the Boston Bruins foundation, the award will be presented to a deserving Providence Bruins player each season for their dedication to the community and charitable organizations. Colby cave played parts of five seasons of Providence, leaving a lasting impression on his teammates, coaches, the fans, and the community with his kindness, compassion, and dedication. He often wore an A as an assistant captain for the P Bruins, and he recorded 43 goals and 72 assists for 115 points in 239 games. He also appeared in 23 games for the Bruins, recording his first NHL goal in a 4-1 win over the Canadiens in Montreal, Oh, boy, it's it's still a bit tough to talk about uh, this situation. Uh, just the heartbreak of his early passing. And uh, if you follow uh, his wife, Emily, on Instagram, you can see just how raw this still is for her and for his family. And... Um, Yeah, anything we can do to support the Colby Cave Foundation uh, is great. I ordered one of those uh, caver shirts that's kind of uh, built into the Bruins logo. I'm still waiting for it to arrive, but I'm very excited for that to come and to to start rocking that around the – yeah, or just around town. Don Sweeney said the Colby Cave Memorial Award is a special way to honor and remember Colby for his leadership qualities and humanitarian efforts. Driven and committed to be an NHL player, Colby was also uniquely unselfish with teammates and anyone that needed help. Emily, the Cave family, and the entire hockey world lost a great person who was beloved by everyone that was fortunate enough to spend time with him. In Providence head coach Jay Leach said from the first day he stepped onto the Dunkin' Donuts center ice to the day he left for the NHL. Colby Cave inspired each and every one of us with his diligence, selflessness, and compassion. Always the first to help, both with teammates and throughout our community, Colby set the precedent that we aspire to uphold. uh, That's great stuff from the Providence Bruins. And again, any help we can give the Colby Cave Foundation, we will do here on the Locked On Boston Bruins. Uh, podcast Um, yeah now that the hockey playoffs are starting it surely limits our entertainment options so on monday night i made sure to wrap up season two of the umbrella academy which i really enjoyed Um, i really liked the tie-in with 1960s dallas and the jfk assassination Uh, i'm a sucker for time travel shows you all know that i love dark on netflix Uh, so if you like comic books time travel uh, amazing fight scenes, uh, great music in there as well. Do check out Umbrella Academy. I also finished season 2 of Billions, oh, season 4 of Billions. Uh and I really do enjoy that show. I think season 5 was put on hold because of COVID. There's only 7 of the typical 12 episodes available yet. Uh but I really do enjoy that show and it really does get better uh, the more you get deep into it. I also started reading a new book Bring Up the Bodies by Hilary Mantel which is a follow up to Wolf Hall. Uh, A great historical fiction uh, kind of fiction I guess but not really since it's based on uh, Cromwell, King Henry uh, marrying Anne Boleyn and uh, kind of creating the uh, Church of England in the process and it's a really interesting book for those of you looking for something to uh, pick up but I know for the time being, all our eyes will be on the Bruins tonight. I'm excited about uh, our Bruins' chances. I am hopeful that they'll come out with a great effort tonight to kind of um, assuage our fears after the round-robin performance. And uh, we will be back tomorrow to recap what hopefully is a win and um, what the Bruins can do moving forward in this series. So yeah, thanks so much for listening, friends. Uh, I hope you all have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the game tonight. Not sure if I'll jump on hot mic, but I'll let you know if I do via Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Follow me at ENC McLaren. And please, if you have not already done so, subscribe to the podcast. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed Uh, And if you can rate and review it as well, that would be much appreciated. Did I say Wednesday? Today's Tuesday. Oh, boy, goodness. Anyways, that's it for today. Thanks for listening, friends. Talk to you soon. Peace.